What's up, guys and gals? How's it going on this fine February morning? It's uh, kind of getting crappy outside, so not looking forward to that, but uh, it is February, and we've kind of had a mild winter, so it's been kind of booming for construction and kind of been lame for the hunting aspect of it. But uh, hopefully people are getting outside. I mean, sheds are starting to drop. Uh I think a, a small game's going on. I mean, me and Matt just had a small game weekend this last weekend. Uh, we got four rabbits. I think if we didn't have all our misses and uh, not shooting opportunities, I think we would have got eight, but we didn't see no squirrels. So uh, I know a lot of teams on that tournament or whatever it was uh, limit out, and I can't believe that man them guys are must be animals because we didn't even see a squirrel and we had decent weather and it, it just didn't cooperate for the squirrels i mean we've seen plenty of rabbits we probably could have limited out if we really went hard on the rabbit side of it but we're like we are like two o'clock and check-ins at like four or something like that so like you're just like yeah at this point we might have just throw in the towel but other than that we have uh not much going on. Uh, I think we're getting ready for turkey here. Some 3D stuff and all that. But uh, other than that, this episode is going to be Spencer from uh, Public Land Prowers. But he's going to talk about his new company, uh, Havoc Broadheads. Uh, it's really cool. I've known Spencer for two years. I mean, he's been one of our first guests on here uh, on the podcast. So it's been really cool to see the transition of him like starting this company and all that and the designs and all that. So, and uh, you know, discretion, I understand like every broadhead is not going to fit every hunter and all that. So like I'm wasn't going to sit here and go, well, what if you hit with a fixed blade in the guts or all this like stuff? Like, I'm not going to argue with what ifs and all this on this broadhead you know i ask some questions and the you know the price point and then we go from there and all that but this was mainly focused on his broadheads not compared to other broadheads and all that we do mention other uh not by name i'm pretty sure but like other types of broadheads and stuff so yeah uh, you know broadheads don't fit they're not one size fit all so just like keep that in mind and all that so if you're really curious about this broadhead, I think this is a really good one to listen to. And uh, if you want to shoot heavy or you shoot light, whatever, I mean, I think this broadhead would be uh, a real good thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna use it on my trad bow, so I'm really excited about that. I think I'm gonna just like try to get and be that trad guy, and uh, so I have an excuse when I don't shoot nothing. But that's that's my goals. So other than that, I. Th think we're doing pretty good on everything else our tiktok has been doing pretty good i mean i'm a force in that but uh it's uh i just want to do the tiktok lives that's all i want to do and then you need a thousand followers that's pretty freaking insane to me and i'm not good at dancing so if you have a tiktok go follow us please and then uh other than that i think uh if you can go give us a review on apple or spotify that would be greatly appreciated you know it'll help us in the algorithm or you know the list of recommendations for them so everybody can hear the podcast and all that but uh i think 
friendly reminder, I think this episode's going to come out on the same day as TAC registration. So if you plan on doing TAC, don't forget it uh, tomorrow or today, whatever, in podcast land. I'm getting all confused because that stuff sells out so quick. And don't be like, damn, I should have been on it. So I'm pretty sure if you're listening to this episode early enough, I think it opens at 9 a.m. So if you're listening at noon, I think you might be tough luck. You might be only getting one day because I think it sells out after the first day or something. So if you're planning on doing TAC in Michigan, definitely get on there and register and all that and get a, get some time. I plan on being up there probably two days. I'll probably shoot two days, maybe be up there for th- all three. But three days shooting is too much for me. I, we, me and Travis did it one year. We're going to just stick to, we're going to, I'm just going to stick to two this year. I'll hang out with people, go do some stuff or just hang out in the booths or whatever and do some stuff and talk to some people. So if you guys plan on going up there and you want to see me, I don't know about Matt yet. He's always on a AIDIS or whatever. So with his weird work schedule. So let me know. We'll meet up there. I'll give you some stickers or whatever. or We can just bullshit, whatever. So thanks for listening. Welcome back to the Generation Hunt podcast. This is your host, Joe, and with a returning guest. I think you're our most popular, most reoccurring guest of the all time. <laughs> a man with no introduction, needs no introduction. Give yourself an introduction. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody. Uh, Spencer Bracken's here. Um, you guys probably know me from Public Land Prowlers, but uh, today we're going to talk about something a little bit different. Uh, my newest journey in Havoc Broadheads. Sweet, man. I can't wait really to dive deep into this one. And, you know, I mean, we've had you on so many times. It's really cool to, like, see this, like, because, like, I met you before this was even, you know, like a thing, I think, I I believe. So it's just really cool to see this, like, evolve. And then, like, like, let's just start out, like, how did it start, basically? Man, so it's so crazy because my girlfriend will even be telling people about it. Like, we'll be at a family function, and, you know, she's got uncles or whatever that are hunting. Or, like, the other night we went out to celebrate her passing her state nursing boards, and um, she's like, Spencer dreamed of this idea in his sleep. And so that's how it all happened, man. Honestly, it's the craziest thing. So one night I was sleeping, and it had to have been God giving me a vision, and glory be to God for it because I freaking woke up and I like looked at Jalen and I was like, man, am I awake or like, what is going on? And so the next day I looked like, I thought about it all day at work and then I came back and you know, home, whatever we had dinner and went to sleep. Didn't really even talk about it too much. And then the next day I started drawing and, uh, started drawing, drawing it out on a piece of paper and was like, man, this is exactly what I visioned. So here's my vision, right? So this is the dream that happened. I, I shot a hundred and whatever gigantic buck, probably 160, 170 inch buck. And in my dream, like, obviously, cause I've never done that in person. Right. <laughs> but I, I, I'm like, like I wake up and I'm like, wait a second. I'm like, like Jalen even tell you, I like looked at her kind of funny. And then the next day I like started drawing it out. Well, what happened is I, I shot this giant buck and I was set up in like this Creek bottom of like, a thermal draw and I shot through this giant buck blew through both of his shoulders because I talk about shooting deer through the shoulder so much I think is how this happened and I shot into like a rocky creek bottom 
and I literally shot through this buck, got down, went to pull my arrow out, and it was, like, stuck in the rocks, and I, like, had to, like, wiggle it out and pull it out, and when I pulled it out and looked at it, the broadhead that you're, that Havoc Broadhead is coming out with is very, very, very close to what this is, and it had no damage. It was perfectly good. It had good blade retention. I was like, like, and then, mind you, this is all in a dream, so then when the ink hit the paper and I just started drawing it out, actually, uh, there was a guy that was going to be my business partner that things just didn't end up working out. And uh, I, I I never even really got to the point of telling him about it because it was so surreal to me that, you know, I was like, this is just mind blowing to me. It had to have been a vision from God. But yeah, that's literally how it happened. And then it's, from there, it's been rubber hit the road. And I literally have been all gas, no brakes. And it's been crazy. I've got now we've got I've got two business partners. Um, my buddy Jason, who plays softball with me, is my engineer. Uh, he's an engineer by trade, and he's our CAD artist and engineer, and he takes care of some back-end things. And then we have another guy um, that I'm not going to mention his name just because he asked for that to stay that way for a little while. Um, he takes care of our business and accounting, and uh, he's our a little bit of our investor. So um, we are a three-way partnership, and uh, the official – um, EIN federal name is Havoc Hunting LLC, and the reason being is because Havoc Broadheads or Havoc Hunting is not only going to do broadheads. So that's just a little teaser to start out with. Sweet. You heard it first, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. That's the first time that's ever been released to the public, actually. Nobody knows that we're going to do more than broadheads. That's sweet, man. That's awesome, man. You got some stuff like in the pipes and all that, or like. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. We've already got some stuff in the in the pipes boiling so is it gonna be um, mostly like all archery driven kind of stuff or is it kind of yeah be, yeah it, it'll be i mean it'll it, be hunting related products okay. like i mean I, I'll, I'll i'll put a little teaser out there for you guys uh, that are listening um you know components and uh things along that line arrow components maybe even some arrows um you know uh, components with the arrows maybe veins i mean the sky's the limit we've right. got a couple things in the works but um nothing's 100 percent set in stone we're just playing around with some ideas right now but definitely broadheads aren't going to be the only thing that we bring to you and you know we don't we're not the company that's here to reinvent the wheel we're just tired of seeing the same thing recreated over and over and over so we literally want to be that company that I hate the word reinvents the wheel because it's so burned out, but we want to be the inventors of something new every single year. We want to bring something that's like against the grain every single year that people are like, well, nobody's ever done that before. And you know, that's, that's havoc broadhead. I mean, the havoc cost 150 grains, you know, I mean, the little bit that you know about it, you know, it's against the grain. So yeah, for sure. I mean, so is that the name of the broadhead itself? It's, Havoc Hoss. Yeah, it's the Hoss. Yep. Okay, sweet. What's a what's a background of that name? So Ethics Archery, I'm sure you're familiar yep. with them. Um Hoss. You know Bruce Ritter Clark. Yep. He goes by Hoss, yep. aka the Arrow Doctor. Um probably the most knowledgeable man when it comes to structural integrity that I know as far as the components of an arrow. Um and Hoss got hit with COVID really, really bad. When he was a part of ethics, um, he was in a coma for something like, don't quote me, but like 47 days. Um, he was in a coma and was literally halfway to six feet under. Um, had to 
got let go from ethics because obviously they're a small company, couldn't afford to keep paying them. Um, had to let him go while I was in the hospital. He then uh, had to learn to, by the grace of God, one day woke up and literally had to learn to read, walk, talk, all that all over again. Um, I mean, literally completely had to relearn how to do everything. And um, he then tried to do things with another aero company. Um, I'm not going to say any names, but uh, they tried to have him work for him for them. Um, Hoss just couldn't do it. His, his body wasn't allowing him to do that. So then he had to go on Facebook live and do an official, um, departure notice. Um, it was super sad. Hoss was a, is honestly the reason I'm shooting a heavy arrow to this day. Um, he's the guy who got me into that. And, um, you know, Hoss has got a background on this broadhead. He's, he's helped us with a lot of the structural side of it, materials. He's got a degree in metallurgy. Um, so he's a genius when it comes to different models and things like that. So, uh, he's had a huge part of the back of it. And, you know, Hoss had to sell all of his hunting stuff, all of his archery stuff, everything hunting related because he had no money, no income, no nothing. And he, he's a very important person to me. Um, not only because of our friendship, but because of the knowledge he's passed down to me for free. Um, I mean, he's just a great dude. Um, he's just been been a really good person to me and we don't know you know he's still he's had little hiccups throughout the last couple you know the last year he's he's gotten pneumonia again he's been really sick had to go back in the hospital and you know if Hoss is listening to this man you know uh if if something was to happen it'd be absolutely horrifying but we don't know how many days are promised and Hoss's health isn't the best Hoss's health is not the best so if, if something was to happen, I think it would be super cool to have something in remembrance of Haas and all of his knowledge in the industry, more than just the stories that he was able to give people. Right. So there's, there, there's a whole background to the whole Haas thing. That's a pretty amazing story. Cause it simply it really rethinks like how much, like how passionate you are about this. Uh, I don't want to call it a project, but you know, I mean, it's a, well, that's what it is. I mean, but you know me, I'm passionate about everything that that I do, man. And it's like last night, a guy commented on my Facebook status back. I mean, he's he was filming with me messing around when we were. I was a 16 year old kid in high school with a video camera running around the woods trying to find my five best friends that would video hunts with me and do stuff like that because that's what I always wanted to do. And he commented on my status last night that I shared about Havoc Broadhead and. He's like, man, he's like, I remember when I was a part of this one time. Mind you, this guy's 25 years older than me. And he goes, he goes, I remember when you first started doing this. And it's literally incredible to see that you've never given up and you've continued to do it for now. I thought back to what I was talking to my girlfriend about last night. It's been 15, 16, 17 years that I've been doing this. And I'm 28. It's like, that is literally mind blowing to myself to realize time you know, snap of a finger. It's been 15, 16, 17 years that I've been doing this. And I didn't even realize how long I've been grinding on this. Mind you, the reason, I mean, Public Land Prowlers is successful. I'm super happy with where it is. If it, if I never gained another follower, I'd be okay with it because I mean, I've done what I wanted to do with Public Land Prowlers. I've created content. I've made memories. I mean, I, I still love it with all my heart. I'm still going to continue to produce content. I'm still going to pour all my energy into it that I can. It's still my baby. It's still, you know, what I do. But 
it's just crazy to think about where I've gone in 15 years and that I've just, it's been idea after idea after idea. And I've just refused to not be an entrepreneur. And it's just like, I've come to realize, you know, I'm not in the 1990s. I'm not in the 1980s where I can sell DVDs and make money off of DVDs. Everything's digital now, unless you have thousands and thousands and thousands of subscribers, which we have 5,000 subscribers on Facebook. We have a little over a thousand subscribers on YouTube, but it's so hard to make money with creating hunting video that I had to come up with something else. And God granted me that dream, you know, it's just crazy to me to think about how long it's been. Yeah. I mean, it's such a sweet like thing and like you're putting so much thought and everything in there. Like a lot of people just like, like you, like it's, you want mutual gain on it, but you're like, I'm going to do everything right. I'm not just going to put a product out here just to have a product and just something that's just, you know, almost like a gimmick, you know, mate. And like, sure. And you're just like, well, it's just, okay. I'm, it's going to look different. Maybe people buy it cause it looked different. And like, right. I think like we'll explain it more why and everything of this, this broadhead, how it's, I don't want to say yeah. a revolutionary, but it's like pretty, it's technical against the grain. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's got some uh, huge advances to it. I mean, obviously like they've been using broadheads for hundreds of thousands of years or whatever. And right. Look at the Indians. I mean, yeah. I mean, they were just using stones and stuff. So like, but you, I mean, you're just breaking it down you're keeping it basic almost to a sense, but you like something that's never been done in the modern industry. And that's so crazy to me that nobody's done it. Like I, I can't figure out why it's never been done. You know, like I don't understand it. And I was talking to the ranch fairy, having a beer with him at the ATA show. And he goes, man, I can't believe it's never been done. You're right. It literally has never been done. So it's like, man, and I, he approved the idea. That meant a lot to me. And then rocket man approved the idea and the owners of the VPA, you know, like we just, cause they sponsored public land prowlers and I'm good friends with them guys. So it's like, I went to their booth and was t chatting with them and showing them 3d prints and they're like, dude, this is cool. Right. But, um, yeah, go ahead and ask me any questions that you got. So on the, the, we'll just start out. What is it made of? I mean, what kind of metal is it made of? So we're going with S seven tool steel. And the reason being for that is that, um, it's hard to argue that it's not the strongest material a broadhead can be made out of on the face of the earth as far as, you know, getting it sharp, um, structural integrity, um, blade retention, things like that. Like, I mean, S7 is really hard to beat, and there's a lot of broadheads that are made out of S7 that are phenomenal broadheads. So um, that's just what we've decided to go with. We've, we messed with – we tried, you know, playing with 01, 02 um, – you know, a couple other, couple others. And it just, you know, kept leading us back to F7. So that's what we're going to stick with. Awesome. Uh, we'll go into weight. I mean, what, what's your rate, your weight going to be at right now? So the first one, which is the Havoc cost is going to be 150 grains. Um, I think our next one, what we're going to come out with, which might not be this year, it's probably going to be an, a, summer of 2024 project but it's in the pipes um we're already playing around with that design um that's probably we're thinking we're gonna go 125 rather than 200 we're getting a lot of requests for 125 yeah i think that's so the first the first initial one will be 150 grains just because it's a it's a middle of the park like if you shoot a 100 grain broadhead 
and you beef up your inserts, you know, a hundred grains or whatever you do, um, you know, then you're getting 50 extra grains into your broadhead. You can take a little bit of insert weight out. Um, if you shoot 200 grains, um, on a broadhead and you got a little bit, you know, it just, you can play with it back and forth. So, and then for the guy that, for the guy that shoots a hundred grains with a stock insert stock component, which, um, you know, I, I personally don't feel that's the best route to go. Um, 150 grains is just going to give you a little bit more oomph behind your arrow in case you hit some bone. Um, cause you know, you think about it like this, a bowling ball and a BB fall at the same rate, which one's going to hurt your foot more, you know? You drop it on your foot, which one's going to hurt more? A freight train moving at 10 miles an hour, but a speed transport train moving at 60 miles an hour hits a crossover bridge. The freight train's going to knock the bridge over and crumble it, where a speed train's going to derail and go everywhere and be all crazy because it just has no structural integrity behind it. So I encourage the people who are listening to at least play around with it. If you shoot a 100-grain broadhead and you stick with your stock components and everything, Try throwing a 150 grain broadhead on there and just see what that 50 extra grain is going to slow you down maybe five or 10 feet per second, which is literally bang, bang, no difference. Just look at the little bit of penetration difference you get and just play with it. But we're not going to get off the off the beaten path with the heavy arrow talk. I just encourage you to at least play with it. If you shoot a 100 grain broadhead, don't be scared of a 150 grain broadhead because it's literally going to do nothing but benefit you. Yeah. And that's a, like, it's just like, the, I think it scares a lot of people is when they add more weight, they have to do a lot more tunability to their bow and arrow and all that. And that kind of complicates sometimes some people, yep. or, but uh, I think it, it would be like more beneficial for like, you know, to, for getting out in range and like, cause anything like when you're like 25 yards and in, I, I don't care if I'm, you know what I mean? It's, it's going to hit my mark no matter what. So Right. And how many, how many deer have you killed over 30 yards? One. Like, exactly. Right. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Most of our shots are 25 yards and in. And it, you can shoot a 600 grain arrow and a 400 grain arrow and they're going to hit the same spot at 25 yards. Right. Correct. So, so 50 grains is nothing. If you're shooting a hundred grain head and you go up to 150, you're going to do nothing but gain a little bit of penetration and maybe lose five feet per second, which is absolutely nothing. Right. So, uh, what about the, sh the, the sharpness of it? Do you know? I, I don't know. So Everybody kept the, saying uh, sharpness on my questionnaire. So I, I, I don't know if there, is there a scale or something? They, they go off the sharpness. There or, is, oh. um, there is, but there's not, I mean, they're talking about blade retention. I uh, think, okay. um, when it comes to that, I'm not, I'm not really sure, um, what exactly their question, you know, as far as that went, I did see that on Facebook today, but, um, so sharpness so we have a the, the whole thing about the broadhead that's different than everything else is that it's a single bevel tip with a double bevel finish with double bevel bleeders but the bleeders are machined in out of one piece of steel there's no you know sliding in the back of the broadhead locking it in with an o-ring and then screwing your arrow on or um like an iron wheel or something like that where you you set your set screw put your bleeders in and lock it down with an allen wrench there's no parts and pieces with the havoc like you're not you're not getting a parts and pieces broadhead you're not getting parts scattered everywhere you're not getting you're not getting that you're getting a one piece screw it on your arrow shoot it and it's going to be tougher than nails and it's going to it's going to leave a devastating wound channel so the thing is is uh with that single bevel tip upon contact you're going to hit 
you're going to have the single bevel rotation for when you make contact with bone. So you're going to shatter bone upon contact because it's a single bevel tip. Single bevel broadheads shatter bone. That's what they're made to do. That's why single bevel broadheads were invented is to shatter bone upon contact. So you're getting the benefit of a single bevel broadhead on contact. Boom. You make contact with the animal. Single bevel happens. If you hit bone, you just shattered the bone, got it out of the way. Now it's transferring to a double bevel finish, which is sharper, which has more cutting, you know, retention. Um, it, it It's sharper all around. It's got two cutting surfaces. So while the single bevel is leading the way, the double bevel is causing that single bevel to not, because it's not single beveled all the way back. It's not focusing so much energy on that rotation, that grinder effect, where it's just con going to continue to slowly rotate because the single bevel is leading the way. But the double bevel right behind it is causing it to cut easier. It's, it's causing a more um, uh, like scalpel yeah. fast cut, you know, like clean cut behind it. So it's not dragging or fighting or trying to focus the spinning of the broadhead and arrow, so, the grinder effect. And then you got the bleeder blade <laughs> that are disrupting the wound channel in a completely different direction. And it's just, it's like, um, so you got, you got your single bevel, you got your double bevel, and then you got your double bevel bleeders. So you got your lead hole, but that what that bleeder is doing is it's disrupting the wound channel in a different direction, and it's going to cause that wound to be not be able to close. If if he was to put a bad hit on a deer or something, you know, it's going to make that wound channel very very hard to close because of two reasons: a, like I said, it's disrupting the wound channel in a different direction, and b, the bleeder blades on a machined in broadhead, which we've never seen. Um, you've never seen machined in bleeders on any broadhead, have you? Uh, no, I, I'm not. Right. So neither have I. So um, you got machined in bleeders. So you're not going to be able to get them 2,500, 3,000 grit sandpaper sharp. It's just not going to happen. But you will be able to take a carbide knife sharpener and scrape them with a carbide knife sharpener like a, um, you know, just a uh, carbide tooth sharpener. And you can push them through the carbide sharpener, and it's going to get them sharp to where if you run your fingers across it, you're going to cut your finger. You know, it'll cut your finger open. Is it going to be mirrored finish, you know, crazy 3,000 grit sandpaper shine sharp? No. But here's the thing. My uncle's a surgeon. Well, or my uncle's a PA doctor. He has friends who are surgeons, I should say. So he gave me some feedback. So I have the benefit of the extremely sharp single bevel and double bevel lead cut on the main blade. Now that is going to ensure a very clean, very sharp cut. But you ask any surgeon, a jagged cut is harder to sew up than a clean cut. So now you're getting the benefits. This is where it all comes together. You're getting a benefit of a single bevel broadhead because of bone shattering performance. You're getting the blood trail and penetration of a double bevel broadhead. But then you got the third factor that comes in with machined in bleeders that's going to leave a, it's still going to be sharp enough to where you cut your finger on it, but it's going to be a slightly more jagged cut coming behind it in a different direction, which is going to make that wound channel extremely hard to close up. And like I said, a surgeon's background or input on it is a jagged cut's harder to sew up or, or shut in any glue, whatever you want to try and shut it. A nice clean slice is going to close up nicer. Right, that little bit of jagged cut is gonna, you know, in theory, not, not rip, but it's gonna be a little bit more jagged cut coming behind all of that. So, 
Um, a, you got a single bevel tip. B, you got a double bevel blade coming behind it. And then C, you have a double bevel machined in bleeder coming behind that, which that bleeder blade goes damn near to the tip of the broadhead. And that is just acting like a truss in a house, you know, like a floor right. joist or a ceiling truss. Like that thing is literally making that tip of that broadhead so strong because that machined in bleeder goes almost all the way to the tip. So your lateral torque and structural integrity of that lateral torque on that tip is insane. So, um, yeah, it's it's crazy, man. I can't believe any, nobody's ever done it. And, uh, like, from the pictures, like, is that bleeder kind of, if like, if you're if the tip of the bow or tip of the broadhead is north and south right now, like, it, is it okay. on an angle a little bit? It's not straight up yeah, and down. It, it, it's how no, it, rotate, it, right? It fades, yeah, it fades from, like, a... You know, like, uh, I mean, it's such a minimal fade, Dude. but it, it's, it starts out littler towards the front of the broadhead, towards the tip, and as it comes back towards the threads, it slowly gets bigger like a ramp. Right. And, and they're, a quarter, they're a quarter inch at their widest point on each side. So you have a main blade broadhead of one inch wide with a quarter inch bleeder on each side, so that's an inch and a half cut. Right. Yeah, and then like what you're saying about how like you can't get them sandpaper finished sharp, but like anything with velocity becomes sharp. You know what I mean? Like look at paper. Sure. Like, paper, you can run your finger across it, nothing, nothing. Then you fucking you run, you put some speed behind there, then you slice your finger. It's exactly it's, right. So exactly. I obviously I, mean, you, I could sh- I could shoot you with a freaking with a toothpick, you know, or yeah. or anything like that. It's not necessarily super sharp but it's it's pointy it's gonna you know it's gonna cut yeah so um yeah the main blade the single bevel and the double bevel you will be able to get 2000 you'll be able to get that crazy sharp and that's been our number one feedback is how are you going to sharpen this thing and it's like man you guys are really overthinking it as it has a single bevel broadhead ever been sharpened yep has a double bevel broadhead ever been sharpened yep have bleeders ever been sharpened yep so why can't you do those three things? Because it's combined, you know. I don't. I really. I'm not trying to sound like an ass. I'm just like, man, you guys, you guys, you make me scratch my head. Like those, these. It's not like we're making something that's never been made. It, it's hard it, to please the please the masses. I, I always say there's always going to be. I mean, you could, you could invent the cure to cancer, and then there's somebody that'd be like, well. Maybe they deserve, <laughs> you know, they're just, I know it's crazy. Some, there'd man. be somebody that would be against it for some reason. I don't yep. know why it's just people. So the, a Lansky or Cami or any of those types of sharpeners are going to sharpen your single bevel. I mean, really, literally the, however you sharpen your single bevel, however you sharpen your double bevel, you're going to be able to do the same thing. Yes. You have to transfer from one, from one to the other, but if you're doing a proper broadhead sharpening, no matter what, you're going to spend an hour on each broadhead. I mean, if you're using a tool steel, traditional style broadhead that is going to be way stronger than anything else. Yes, you got other broadheads out there that are made of stainless steel, aluminum, whatever. They're going to be, they're going to come sharp out of the package. But the reason being is because that material is softer, is weaker, and you're able to sharpen it from a machine. Right. You know, like you're not having to do actual physical and you know uh scientific sharpening if you will and and i know like i know i would say 75 percent of all broadheads on the market right now 
say when you get them brand new from, from factory to your doorstep, they want you to sharpen them. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And it, honestly, the the trend right now is is traditional broadheads. Like, right. It's it's not a trend for a reason. It's a trend. I mean, it's not a trend for for no reason. It's a trend for a reason because they're stronger. They're flat out stronger. So we'll get into the price point a little bit because I'm sure that's probably your next question. Um, our, our we're gonna be above a hundred dollars. We're gonna be below 150. I can't tell you the exact number until we get our production run done, but we'll be between 150 and 100 so for, between 100 and 150 for three for three, for three okay for and, three so but that's a buy once cry once broadhead you're not gonna have to buy so think about it this way all right you buy two packs of 50 dollars broadheads right you got six broadheads for a hundred dollars which very rarely can you find a pack of broadheads for 50 dollars out the door anymore anyways right they're normally 59.99 69.99 nowadays everything's going up so you buy, let's just say you find a broadhead that you can buy for $50 for three. Okay. Now you shoot a deer with that one broadhead. It's more than likely going to be broken or you have to replace the blades. Now you replace the blades. You don't realize that your ferrule has got a little bend in it. You go to shoot your next deer and it flies all wild because you didn't realize that your ferrule had a little bend in it or, you know, something like that. Now you shoot our broadhead. It's tool steel. I mean, I can literally shoot this thing into a concrete brick and pick it up and shoot it again. Like, you're not – shooting into a game animal, you're not going to damage it. Now, as far as – you know, that's why I come into the buy once, cry once. Yes, they're $100. They might even be 150 I can't tell you. But what I can tell you is you're going to be able to shoot three, four, five, six deer with one broadhead unless you hit a rock right. underneath. And, and then it might still even be okay. It just depends on how, what angle it hits. Nine times out of ten, I'm going to bet that you're going to be able to buff out the nick that it puts in, into the broadhead. So you can spend $50 for three broadheads or $100 for six broadheads every single year or every two or three weeks. Depends on how many deer you shoot. So let's just say this. Let's let's use a scenario. You buy a pack of three broadheads for $50. You, get, you shoot three deer. You could be out of broadheads now, right? Now you got to go spend another $50. Now you're at $100 for six broadheads, right? Okay, you shoot three more deer. Okay, most people don't shoot six deer in a year. But you're at the same, okay, you shoot three more deer. That's six deer. You might have to go buy another pack of broadheads. Maybe not all six broadheads broke, but maybe four of the six are damaged or didn't have a slight bend in the ferrule. Yes, they make replaceable blades, but they don't make a replaceable ferrule, right? Right. So now, guess what? If you would have just bought Havoc for $100 or $150, you could still be shooting deer with the same three broadheads that you bought originally. Right. And I think somebody made a great point, and, you know, that they said it's the point that actually kills the deer. So why would you... You can't all, put a price point on success. Right. That's like everything you let up, all the money you spent on tags, gas, on the bow. You have you have a $2,000 bow, basically, or, you know, some people might not have that. But I'm just saying, like, you have that much, and then you know, all of a sudden you, you're putting $10, $20 broadhead on there. So Now, let me, let me put this into perspective for you. Just think of, I, bet, I don't know if you've ever thought of this, but think about it like this. Let's just say you have a 
let's just say a thousand dollar setup between bow, stabilizer, sight, arrows, whatever. What if I told you the most important part of all that was your broadhead? <laughs> what kills the deer? The broadhead. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you gonna slack on the most important part? Right. Like you're gonna go buy a pack of forty, fifty dollar expandables that if you hit a shoulder bone, nine times out of ten, you're not gonna penetrate enough to get into the vitals. Like I got in a little debate the other day with one of my buddies, and it was like, he's like, there's 90% of the deer that doesn't have bones in it. I'm like, so you're telling me you can hit where you aim every single time. That's asinine. That's not possible. The thing is, is if you hit bone with your arrow setup, you're not going to penetrate that animal and kill it. Yes, if you hit a deer in the guts, it's going to die. It's going to die of septic after a couple days, maybe, you know, but... The one way you're guaranteed not to kill a deer is if you hit it in the shoulder and it does not get into their lungs or their heart or something vital. If you hit a deer in the shoulder and it doesn't penetrate, that deer is going to live. Like, deer are a very, very strong animal. People don't realize that. So why not spend a little bit extra money on a broadhead that's made of a material that you know if it hits bone, it's going to shatter it? Right. Like, I, I don't understand. I don't understand. It's crazy. To think that people will slack on the one thing that actually kills the deer and like in this perceptive and like like i ran some cheaper broadheads and all that and yes they got the done uh they killed the deer but they were one and done yes they exactly did, they did their job like i was happy with the progress and all that but i expected that like like the, i'm not dogging that broadhead i knew it was just gonna be a disposable thing and that's what i was liking about them is this, they're disposable, but like to your point is, let's just say, do you think the average bow is a thousand dollars? Like, I mean, yeah, that's what the, you're the, spending the, nowadays. Well, I'm just saying the setup. Let's just say for the people that go two thousand, and there's the people that go to five hundred dollars for a bow. You know, thousand sure. dollars is a good average. So yep. let's just say you're at the one hundred, one hundred to one fifty. Even if you're at the low one hundred. That's ten percent of the bow. You know what I mean? And you, right. You you want to you want to have this, and then you're gonna say, "Oh, I want to only spend fifty bucks." So it's like, you only want to spend five percent of what your bow actually costs. I mean, right? Like you're spending all this money on all these gadgets yeah. that are gonna launch launch this thing, but the thing is what actually is going to kill and harvest now. I personally feel the broadhead is the most important thing. You have to have something that's going to lead the way, right? right? Like that is le that's leading the way. But I also think that components in a proper arrow build are also very, very huge because, you know, things can go wrong if, if, a, if an insert snaps on contact or the arrow blows apart on contact or things like that. that like people don't even realize like, and you could, you can buy a $500 bow that doesn't shoot as, that shoots 30 feet per second slower than the thousand dollar bow. But if you have the right arrow that's strong as hell and a broadhead that's strong as hell, like you're, you have nothing to worry about. You're right. out doing your buddy. That's got a $2,000 bow with some freaking knockoff arrows and broadheads that hits a shoulder bone that he says, Oh man, all I seen was 30 inches of arrow running away. Yeah. Well, guess what? I'm shooting a $500 bow with a, a, a good arrow and a good broadhead where I'm still under you in cost of my total setup by a lot. But guess what? I hit the shoulder and blew through it. So, you know, it's, it, it's, it, people don't realize, man, the broadhead and the arrow is your number one thing that's going to kill the deer. The, the bow doesn't kill the deer. Right. And then the, the bow, the bow launches it. Sure. 
Yeah. And so to stem off of that, like, how can you like say the act, the accuracy of this arrow or broadheads would be any different than anything? I mean, like, how can you go from there saying this is going to be, I'm not going to be the most accurate or it's going to help you or any ways like that. So it's very low profile. Um, it's very, very low profile. And this is funny because I shot one at 50 yards and it literally hit exactly where I was aiming without ever changing my arrow setup. Mind you, it was 50 grains heavier than the broadhead I was shooting. I was shooting 100 grain and I'm, obviously this is 150. So um, it hit exactly where I was aiming. So um, I haven't done a ton of accuracy testing yet, but that is one thing that we're going to do on this first prototype run after like we're getting our first proto full prototype run of a dozen done right now they'll be here in four weeks or less um and we'll definitely be doing that but i don't see why it wouldn't be one of the most accurate tool steel broadheads in the world or fixed broadheads in the world because it's extremely low profile it's non-vented it's got the bleeders built into it so it's gonna it's gonna have you know fins such as an airplane um it's just it's aerodynamics. It's got a lot of things for accuracy that, you know, makes sense. So um, I'm not gonna release a broadhead that doesn't fly good. I'll tell you that right now. I will not release a corkscrew. Right. And, and you know that about me. Like I, I won't let something go out if it's not right. right. And even if I had to say, hey, I've let all you guys down this whole freaking lead up process. You know, leaking this little little bit here, teasing you guys. And I'm telling you right now, if I get these 12 in four weeks and they don't fly good, I, I'll be back to fixing some things. And it'll take another another four weeks to get some changes done. And then, you know, we might not get them out until October. But from what the little bit of testing that we've done as far as accuracy, I see them being extremely accurate. Um, they, like I said, they're low, pro, low profile, very aerodynamic. They've got bleeders built in. So that's going to cause it to spin better. It's almost like a four-fletch instead of a three-fletch, you know. Mm -hmm. um, it's just going to spin good. It, it, I mean, everything about it is uh, is accurate. It just comes down to is it going to be accurate, and it should be. I mean, I took, like I said, one shot at 50 yards, and it was it was money. So um, I – and that, my arrow wasn't even tuned to it. Right. Like, I just pulled out my – I mean, it's a 600-grain arrow, so it's pretty stiff, but um, it's uh, – it was the tune from my hundred grain broadhead. So, um, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. Uh, do you, was there any like whistling or anything? I know it's not Venet, but with, with the bleeders no. spinning, no, nothing like that. No, they're dead quiet. There's going to be no noise behind them. The only noise you're going to get with them is, is fletching noise. Yeah. They're going to be, they're going to be so silent, man. Like, that's one reason that we didn't go vented. We could have went vented and had a really easy version to have a hundred grain, take some material out. You can drop 50 grains by doing that. But yeah. a, a vented broadhead way less structural and structurally yeah. strong. And B it whistles. Like, yeah. I mean, it sounds it like whistles. somebody blowing in a beer bottle. Yeah. So do you think this would be, this can be on the compound or on the trad? I don't see why trad can't use these and rock them all day. I've got a couple of buddies that are bear hunting with them this spring. That's awesome. Man. Yeah. So, uh, is there any kind of warranty on these or what? I mean, like, so here's the thing, Joe, you call me and you tell me that you shot a deer 
and it's a legitimate story, and I don't pick apart somebody's bullshit because I'm not I'm not gonna claim that anybody's bullshitting me. I'm just saying if it sounds like a legitimate story, and you shot through a deer and you smoked a rock and it broke it in half or did damage to it to where it's unfixable, I'll replace it. Um, but I'm not gonna replace every single broadhead that that says that it's bad because there's gonna be bad eggs that you know somebody just had an unfortunate situation or you know if you smoke a tree because you took a bad wild shot or something like that and you can't get your broadhead back out of the tree like i'm not and you try chiseling it out of the tree and you put a chip in it or something you know i'm not i'm not going to replace that that's not my fault but if it's a legitimate you shot through a deer and hit a brick underneath you know or hit a rock underneath the ground or something and it did some damage to it send me a picture give me a phone call that's the other thing is I want to have a company where people can pick up the phone and call the owner and talk to him directly. Right. I don't want to have a social media team that's, hey, we've received your message and we'll be back with you shortly. I hate that. Right. Like, it literally drives me nuts. I hate it. Granted, we're going to get big, so big one day because I can already tell you our pre-orders that people want them is absolutely ridiculous. Um, but, I mean, I'm going to do my very, very best to always be able to pick up the phone and answer people's calls. So, but so, uh, so as far as answering the warranty, if it's a legitimate break and it's like something that I think I should replace, I'll replace it. You, you really got to heave on it to break this kind of steel, I think, but dude, I'm telling you what <laughs> people, always it's got, way, I mean, though. not only is it a good material, right, but it's got a design with that bleeder blade machined in. You got to think. That bleeder blade isn't just on each side. It's cut out of the same piece of steel. So the core center of that broadhead with that tip, that bleeder going all the way up damn near the tip, you got to think about how strong the center core of that broadhead is. That's got to be insane. I think you're going to break off like at the screws more than anything if you, if you yeah, really I fuck mean, up. At your threads, yeah. maybe. Yeah. But, I'm... I mean, our threads are... We've got a, a longer thread base than everybody else too, so is, it's so gonna. It, is are you gonna offer like different thread patterns? I know there's like day six, and then there's like the regular, all that. I don't know. You're talking about like for the hit systems and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but for uh, the first year, we're just gonna do yeah. standard threading. Cause like that's only like like one or 10 percent of the market, maybe not even 10 percent. Like yeah, yeah, maybe like four or something. But so like you were saying about pre-orders, like, are, are you going to have a website? Is it going to be like, are you guys going to be direct cons to consumer basically? And then, oh. yeah, we're going to, we don't really want to do a pre-order just because we've seen things with other companies in the hunting industry and it's turned into a nightmare. Take the money uh, and run basically kind of thing. Yeah. That or just not fulfilling promises. And yeah. we don't want to have anybody's money in hand and then not be able to, yeah. to take care of it. So, um, so our website is ready to launch. Um, I can tell you right now, we've got damn near 20 apparel items that are going to be available with um, each product. There's probably 20, 20 products damn near. Um, don't quote me on that. It might be 15. I can't remember. It's been a couple weeks since we did it. But uh, each each uh, item has like four or five different colors available also. So there's like three hoodies that all... Have a, they each have a little bit of a different design, um, and they're all like I said, they're available in like four or five different colors. There's like two or three hats. There's one camo hat, baseball brim. There's one camo hat, flat brill. There's a bunch of stuff on there. So 
Um, our, our apparel will be very, very cool. Um, and how that's going to work is, um, the company that owns our website, um, essentially, I mean, we own it, but we pay them for it, the domain. Uh, so it's not going to be like you buy it today, it ships tomorrow type deal. Um, it's going to be like a, a four or five, six day, you'll, your order will ship. Right. Um, because they make them per order. Right. So it's not that just saves us a lot of money and hassle from having to have a ton of stock on hand. Yeah. So you, you go to our website, you order a black hoodie size large, um, you're gonna get your hoodie in about seven days, right? Roughly. And so that's because they have to make it and all that, and then they ship it out. So right. we literally don't touch we don't touch our apparel at all. Yeah. And it's like it getting to the point where I know a lot of people like bigger people and they'll they'll order like a thousand t shirts and then they only sell seven hundred and then they have to sell it almost for retail for the rest of them. Exactly. Get rid of them. It's just And that's not something that we're trying to do. I mean it's just overall no hands on deck. We don't even have to touch it. Right. Yeah. But you guys got people gotta bear with us and realize that hey, we're not we don't have these on hand. We're not doing that for a specific reason. You're not the a company will get it. You're not a lifestyle brand. You're, you're exactly right. So yeah. Well, so estimated time of release. You're thinking when do you think? Oh boy, that's the that's a golden ticket, ain't it? I mean, you can give or take a week or two. I mean, but like, what are you so thinking? So I'm gonna say August first to September first. Okay. For official launch, everything's in stock, ready to go. Um, that'll be everything from broadheads to apparel to everything. I mean, I mean, our, uh, as soon as our website launches, you can order apparel. I mean, right. I could order apparel right now, obviously, because I'm on the back end and I have the, the website password, but, um, for people available to the public and stuff like that, it's going to, we're, I think our website will come out a little bit sooner. Honestly, I think we're going to start doing like apparel sales here in the next couple of weeks, but it's hard for people to. I mean, I would, but some people don't want to buy something until they have it in their hands, Correct. you know. But I just like, I just like cool apparel, so yeah. I'll, I'll buy anything. <laughs> right. All right. But yeah, so so overall, you get a single bevel broadhead with a with the benefits of single bevel bone shattering performance. Then you get the double bevel finish with double bevel bleeders that are disrupting the wound channel in a different a different direction while leaving a little bit more jagged cut behind it while still being extremely sharp, but a little bit more jagged cut, which is going to make it overall harder to harder to close if it was a bad shot location and the deer tries to plug it up or something. Um, and you're getting the strongest broadhead design I've ever seen because, A, I've never seen machined-in bleeders, and, B, I've never seen machined-in bleeders with a tool steel broadhead. So, um, and just the overall design of that, like I said, that, that system is just so strong from the core out. It's unbelievable, the structural integrity of it. So, um, you got anything else for me? I, I think that's basically where we wrap it up. I mean, if anybody want, has any questions, what's the best form to get contact with you or, uh, they can either message the Facebook page, Havoc Broadheads. Uh, you can send an email to info at havocbroadheads.com or I'm sorry, info at havochunting.com. Um, or you can send an email to my personal email, which is havocbroadheads at gmail.com. 
Um, anything that you guys have questions on, you can reach out to me. Um, I'll reply to the Facebook messages. I'll reply to the emails. Um, and if not, one of our business partners will, or they'll pass it on to me. Um, but yeah, pretty much anything that you got, we'll, we'll get an answer to. Sweet. I really appreciate you coming on here and letting us know all this. And I'm looking forward to see it, man. I, I hopefully I can get it in my hands before archery season starts up here. In oh, Michigan. you'll, you'll have You'll be pumping some through them this year. All right. Thanks for coming on. Everybody, everybody, everybody will be. They'll be ready. They'll be ready by October 1 for sure. All right, man. Back that semi up and then we'll we'll unload them babies. (laughs) Yes, sir. I'm excited. I'm excited too, man. Thanks. All right. Later.